admissions office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Ellen and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and be full of behind the scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips to help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of these experts, you can sign up for a free consultation at the link in the description of this episode. Today, we'll hear from longtime friend of the pod, Podo Paramita, an ingenious prep graduate coach and current Columbia master's student about how students at highly competitive high schools can stand out. Poto and I will discuss the challenges these students face and what admissions officers expect from them. Hi, Poto. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So for new listeners, can you just introduce yourself, talk about your role here at Ingenious? I am a graduate of Wolsey College. That's where I did my undergrad in English and Women and Gender Studies. Currently, I am finishing off. I'm in my last month of my MFA at Columbia in creative writing. And as for my roles at Ingenious, I am a graduate coach, which means I work with students to develop their applications and apply to colleges. Just had a great season, really happy with my results. And I'm also the digital content specialist, which means I write all our blogs on the admissions process and really about like how to best set up your profile so that admissions offices will you know, really consider you. We recently worked on a presentation on this topic. I know we've interviewed some of our former admissions officers from Duke, from Johns Hopkins on this topic. So it's very fresh in our minds. But let's just go ahead and define what we're talking about when we say highly competitive high schools. You know, what are some examples? What are the opportunities available to students at these schools? Average GPAs, test scores? Yeah, totally. So highly selective high schools are competitive high schools, which have rigorous requirements for admission alongside with state-of-the-art facilities and resources from course offerings to labs. And so they are just considered really strong schools because there is this requirement for students to get in and then they provide students with these unique opportunities. So Obviously, the one that comes to mind is Thomas Jefferson High School in Virginia. We've worked with a lot of students from there. There's also Brooklyn Tech, Stuyvesant, Bronx High, Staten Island Technical, just a lot of really top-ranked schools that have these really great facilities. And so students who apply from there will have really good scores. So they'll have like average SATs of above 1500, almost near perfect ACTs. I was just just working on a case study from a student from Bergen counties, which is a top high school in New Jersey who had just like the best like ACT score GPA combination that I'd seen. And their AP enrollments also tend to be high. So like above like 70, 75% of these students will be enrolled in AP classes, which will help them stand out. And then at these schools, they have really unique opportunities. For example, like at TJ Thomas Jefferson, we have like classes like advanced marine biology and like robotics, architectural drawing. So really specialized classes that can help students develop skills in certain areas that they're interested in, as well as like all of the AP offerings. So they'll also have research labs from like from astronomy to like geophysics and like rocks and like all sorts of things that you can never imagine like working on in high school, like these schools will provide students with. And so how is the admissions process different for these students compared to an average applicant? Because for students who are listening who aren't at one of these schools, like you do not have to worry. Admissions officers are not going to penalize you because you didn't go to a school that offered oceanography. But on the other hand, how is it different for these students who do go to these schools? 
Yeah, totally. So, I mean, obviously, like admissions offices won't necessarily change the process, but they know that these students have access to a lot of opportunities. So admissions offices read regionally, so students will be compared to their peers. So they'll be held at a much higher standard. So there's a lot of expectations on them because the strength of their academics are extremely high and, you know, their involvement outside school is really strong. So they will think about what makes a student stand out because everyone is really strong. And that's even a consideration I know for some families before they send their student to a school like TJ is that they do discuss, you know, we're sending our child to the school because of the amazing opportunities, because they can take machine learning and marine biology and not because it's going to get them into the top college because now they are going to be in that more competitive landscape. Yeah, that's really funny because when we like do a case study for, you know, our organization for a student from one of these schools this is something we see as a challenge that we always outline like you know the student went to like one of the most competitive high schools in the country so it some sometimes ends up being a drawback because everyone is so strong and so let's look at some specific strategies that our admissions officers have highlighted that students at these schools can use to distinguish themselves and even students at regular schools could probably still use these strategies to succeed so let's go first of all with course load what considerations should they have regarding their course load I mean, first and foremost, they should take the most rigorous classes that are available to them, especially in their subject of interest. So for STEM student, this means like going above Calc BC and like high level science courses and then thinking about how they can like, you know, continue building on that through like other offerings too, like the really unique classes that we talked about, as well as just like try to take APs all around, try to score well in those APs and like make sure you're taking the best classes throughout high school and only like getting above your current level. So like if you take calc in 11th grade, don't take stats in 12th grade because that shows a downward progression. So really you have to think about how you can show admissions officers that you've not only taken advantage of these things that you have at your school, but you've like continued to improve in these skills. And of course, it is still a balancing act of students if they're going to take the most rigorous schedule, but get like B's and C's, you know, that's probably not likely the best schedule for them. They still have to balance their GPA with rigorous course load. And then also just if you're getting like B's and C's and computer science classes and you want to be a computer science major, that's much more of a red flag for admissions offices. Exactly. And now what about extracurriculars? These students are very focused on academics, but they also often have some great extracurricular activities. So how can they stand out there? Obviously, they'll have a lot of really great opportunities in school. And so getting leadership positions is in those, but that's not enough. These students have really got to go out there and research, like especially in their topics of interest, try to win like prestigious prizes like the ISEF, like science fair awards, and just like get a publish paper, see if they can like work at a lab or like really go out of their way to seek out an internship or a job in a relevant field. So what admissions officers are trying to look for is just like sustained involvement and like a high level of participation as well as dedication that maximizes impact. So it's really about thinking about how they can do these things differently. For example, like something like STEM, there are just so many STEM applicants, right? So just like thinking about how you can like do public health and stuff, you know, pre-med or food science rather than biology. And so like that really helps students showcase their personalities and stand out from their, you know, literal classmates and just like find these unexpected connections between the ways their interests overlap. And a lot of our admissions officers mentioned for these top students that research experience really helps them stand out. So what is the significance of that research experience? What's the value? Why does it help them stand out? How can they look for these research opportunities? 
to start off, this, this is something that can be totally unique to the students. So for the students that we've seen, they've either researched something that's like relevant to their cultural background, or it's just like a very unique overlap of their interests. So if admissions officers see that this student has like gone out of their way to find this opportunity or create this opportunity for themselves, that's like very unique to their like theme of their application to the ways their very unique interests overlap, they'll know that they are genuinely passionate about the subject and like interested in diving into it further instead of just like being like, oh, this is something they've worked on just for the sake of it for an impressive looking application. And so some ways they can seek research experience out is just by reaching out to local universities and colleges who often have you know, lab instructors who are looking for high school interns, or they can look at local hospitals or talk to people they know, like networking is so important, even starting in high school. Sometimes, you know, like your dad's friend or whoever can provide you with an opportunity that's really great. But it's really that you've gone out of your way to find something that's very specific and unique to you and then found these like tangible results for with something to show for the hard work that you've done. And then there's also specific components of the application that students in these schools can pay special attention to. So obviously, yeah, they need strong essays, a strong transcript, strong test scores, all that. But what are the other aspects of the application that they might give some special attention to? Yeah, something many students don't think about is the letters of recommendation, because these teachers write letters for so many strong students to so many strong schools. They're very you know, well adjusted to writing letters. So admissions officers can really tell the difference when a teacher is particularly enthusiastic about one student, but doesn't have the same energy for another. So that can really help, you know, just like very tiny ways signify that, oh, this is a student who will actually make a difference in the classroom, or this student has genuinely built a connection with a teacher. So like, don't underestimate this component at all. Like, even though the letter itself is out of your hands, I think it's very important to start building relationships with your teachers from an early stage and just showing them that you are a dedicated student who will be a great college student in turn. And then the additional information is also very useful for students who are applying from competitive high schools. I've seen students like put their research abstracts in the additional information section, include a resume or like their summer, you know, research, just like anything that they've come up with that may not you know have a space for in the activities list included in the additional information section like it doesn't hurt you to like provide more context on the hard work that you've done i've also even heard some of our former admissions officers i think it was one from johns hopkins who said this that students who have really top grades like their transcript is perfect their test scores are perfect that they can use their essays their personal statement their supplemental essays to showcase their personality you know their personal more human side so that admissions officers are seeing not that there's like this perfect academic robot but in fact that there's this like whole human being with different interests and passions outside of school because colleges they don't just want you to come on campus and be a genius they want you to make friends start clubs start initiatives and kind of be like a whole social being exactly and could you just quickly maybe walk us through the process for your students as a graduate coach for letters of recommendation? So I know you guys advise them on who to ask like strategically, but then also you kind of give them help on how to ask and what materials to provide. That's just a really good question because something like a student coming from a top high school, the strategy really is that you think about not only who knows you best and who can provide the best letter, but consider like what kind of information this is conveying about you. So if a student is a STEM candidate who's applying from a top high school, actually a very 
unconventional route might be to ask like a Spanish teacher, an English teacher who can provide that like humanities aspect and talk about like a student's writing style, for example, that would be like very unusual for a STEM candidate because most kids will be asking their like bio teacher and their like math teacher. So that's that's definitely one strategy. And then as for the process itself, we definitely help students write cover letters to provide their recommenders so that the teachers know exactly which of the students like candidacy and profile they should highlight and not all the teachers should write about the same thing. So each teacher should, you know, of course, write about the parts of the student that they're familiar with, but this cover letter really drives home exactly the things the student has done so that the teacher can then specifically mention those because, you know, teachers have so many students, they don't always remember the things. So having those written down is really helpful. And then how to ask, you should never like text your teacher or whatever and ask you can like email them and ask them to meet you and then just really sit down and talk to them about what you're hoping for from this letter and where you want to go to school and just like the things that you've done and then say that you'll follow this up with a formal cover letter and we have a template that is on our website about how to write the cover letter that's super helpful and then you kind of already discussed this about when you talked about how to kind of do STEM differently on your application. But from students from these very specialized schools, a lot of these schools are STEM schools or they are like top art schools. So how can a student develop a very distinct application profile or what we call an application persona when they come from a school where so many of these students have such a common background? And then also, if you want to kind of just define ap application persona for everyone, because I know that's kind of a company term of ours. Yeah, application persona is a unique ingenious term like you said it's essentially the theme of a student's application that defines the rest of the components that they will you know provide going forward so like when a student writes a personal statement or creates their activities list it's like keeping the the application persona in the back of their mind to like make sure that it's like cohesive that way like you know the message is consistent and the student isn't all over the place and the admissions officers aren't confused about exactly what the student is bringing to a school but yes so as you know we touched on it's like very important to distinguish yourself from your peers especially coming from strong schools where a lot of the students will have these same unique opportunities so it's really thinking about where a student's interests lie not only in their primary field but in like other areas where they're interested that the admissions officer might not make an immediate connection so for a lot of stem applicants for example it's about like you know turning that into a steam application adding really an art component for example so if a student has an interest in physics but they're also really good at art or creative writing like maybe it'll be all about thinking about how to incorporate those elements into that physics persona and like become someone who's both an aspiring scientist but someone who's like spreading their message through like really great like creative nonfiction essays or if it's a student who's interested in like environmental science but they're also just like their specific interest in that field is just like you know water treatment and like flood research it's like they're not just a scientist they're someone who cares about their community and wants to prevent natural disasters so it's really all about like thinking out of the box, like thinking about what unusual interests you have, like, even if it's a sport, like, how can you combine like something like soccer and biology, or, you know, like neuroscience and art. So it's really just all about doing STEM differently, like making those unexpected connections, finding internships, research, and like seeking out opportunities that will help students like really stand out among these very, very good applicants. And so we've mentioned case studies a couple of times. So I'll just give a quick definition that after we work with some of our students, if they're willing, we'll sometimes write case studies on their process with their counselors. So we'll just highlight 
you know, the student as they first came into us, what were their challenges, their strengths? How did their counselors build a strategy based on those strengths and weaknesses? How did they implement that strategy? And then, you know, finally, what were their results? Where did they get into school? So we do have some case studies of students who went to some of these top schools. So do you want to talk me through any of them? Maybe just like how the counselors would specifically help them? Yeah, I remember I worked in a case study last year from a student who went to Thomas Jefferson High, who was very interested in neuroscience and biology, which are, you know, two of the most common majors that students apply to, especially from a school like TJ. So for this student, it really was about finding that STEAM connection and thinking about how he could really stand out from all of these students who are also interested in these topics. So the student was a really good pianist. So he then thought about the ways like music affected the brain and he conducted research on that. So then he brought a neuroscience angle to his like musical interest. And then he also was very interested in food and started his own catering company. So this brought in like a food science aspect to biology. So he was not just someone who was interested, you know, in just like a basic concept like human biology or whatever. He was actively thinking about the way that food and diet and nutrition affected our daily lives. And then he had like this incredible company to show for it. So he was not just a STEM and art kid, but he was also a business kid because he was suddenly an entrepreneur. So he was bringing all of these ways that he had gone out of his comfort zone to really start new things and focus like a very niche way of combining his various interests into this broader field. And so then also essays are really important when you're a STEM applicant, because a lot of like students who are good at science aren't necessarily good at writing. So we helped him write these essays that not just focused on his interest in like these majors, but also talked about his like family background that had inspired him to start this catering company. And like that really helped showcase his personality and his human side, like you were saying, as like someone who would be a friendly addition to a school, someone who could like know how to socialize and like join orgs and be a helpful leader. So that that was a really good addition to the case. I work with a lot of students from some of these top high schools. I work and help them find their counselors and a great concern of mine is always just sort of like the great mental health toll it takes on these students to be in such a competitive environment and have such high demands placed on them especially at such a young age and so I'm wondering in the work that you've done maybe the work you've done specifically with your students how do you help them prioritize mental health how do you help them realize that you know they're still a human being who needs to go to the movies on the weekends with their friends and have fun and they just can't you know be doing robotics all the time even if they love that but they still have to prioritize themselves yeah i mean especially when you're a teenager it's so important to have fun because like you're also not going to be able to build any social skills if you're just sitting at home and studying all day so one thing i always talk about with my students is i ask them about what they're interested in pop culture because that's something i'm interested in so i'm like oh did you watch a nice movie like you were saying or like what's your favorite song right now and i was trying to make sure that they like try and find art or media or books that interest them that they then follow up with outside of school and like make the time to do it because like having a hobby is so important because in your later life like you're not going to know how to like manage your time when 40 things are coming over if you're just like study 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 all the time I think also like organization and like creating schedules is really important and fitting in like you know three meals a day a nap a walk outside when the weather is nice is just so crucial in to like you know, making sure the students stay sane throughout all of the things that they have to do. And like participation and activities that are actually fun and not just like for building a college. Like I have a student who is not a theater student, but has like been doing theater at her class because it like genuinely makes her happy. And it seems like something she enjoys doing on the weekend. And like, it's a good way to like bond with friends and build teamwork. 
Right. I'm in my mid twenties. And I like recently realized that a lot of my friends and peers like don't have hobbies. Like they don't. Yeah. Like I just realized it's like, wait, like a lot of people don't have hobbies. And I do think it starts from like at such a young age, you're taught to kind of like monetize your hobbies or be so strategic about everything you do has this like goal of getting into college and then getting a job. And, you know, like we said that like, you know, admissions officers do want to see human beings on these applications. They want to see what you're genuinely interested in. I know I've heard admissions officers say, you know, they've had students where they've read that, you know, the 10th activity on their activities list was that they did the crossword puzzle every morning. And, you know, that's not like some super like amazing, interesting, like you want a competition activity, but it does show your human side. It shows that you're intellectually curious and you have a routine you can keep up. So yeah, I feel like capitalism and social media have just placed this weird emphasis on productivity that students no longer know how to have hobbies and have fun. So it's really important. I was actually talking to one of my students when she was making this master resume where she like writes down all the activities she does. She's like, I'm like, oh, what do you do for fun? And she said, oh, I collect stuffed animals. I said, you should absolutely write them down because she has like hundreds. And that's like an impressive thing on its own that she's like pursued so much time to like collect a hundred stuffed animals. That's dedication, but it's like own unique way. And ultimately that might help her stand out too. And that's the kind of thing that we might even see students write about in their essays. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the kind of thing I'll often see students write about their hobbies or write about like an interesting quirk and they can connect it and not just showcase their personality, but show connected to their interests, their future passions, and just show that they're very, and a very insightful person. And schools will ask in like admissions interviews, like, what do you do for fun? And if you don't have an answer, if your answer is doing homework, like that's not a good answer. And they'll, like some schools like Brown and Chicago, instead of, like, instead of doing an interview, ask students to submit a video portfolio. And in that video, like, many students I know have talked about the things that they do for fun and that's really giving them an advantage over students who are just repeating the academic things from their application. And then one final main question I have is how can students at highly competitive high schools approach the school list? So obviously when it comes to like Ivy League's top 10, so many of their classmates are going to be applying to these schools. So how can they pay better attention to building a balanced school list, deciding what is a reach school, a target, a safety? First and foremost, it's obviously about research. Students shouldn't blindly be applying to schools like Princeton and Harvard just because they have big names. I think really finding classes that are unique to their interests, for example, if they're into animation and like NYU has an animation program and then they know and they approach that rather than applying to Harvard and saying, I want to study animation and Harvard's like, okay, which class do you want to take? You know, something like that, because like fit is so important in school research and it like ranking shouldn't matter as much because if you find a school that's ranked like 50th, but it has like the program that's perfect for you, that's ultimately a good fit. And also it's really, really important for students at these schools to work with their guidance counselors to find out where their peers are applying. Because if like 20 people are applying early decision to the same college from the same high school, only one or two will get in and that will really give you a disadvantage. So when you apply early or when you have a school you really like, make sure you know how many students from your school are applying and what their like, you know, average SAT or grades might be, especially in comparison to you. Like, so it's all about communication with your guidance counselor and kind of like also gauging where you stand. So if you haven't necessarily taken like Cal BC or done a lot of intensive STEM activities, don't apply to MIT because that's kind of just a waste of an application space, especially if you come from a competitive high school. But, you know, if you've really gone out of your way and pursued a lot of activities, like you might have a great shot at a top school, but just make sure you know who you're up against. Do you have any other words of wisdom and support for students, for families? 
Yeah, I mean, it's just such a tough time for admissions and it can be very disheartening to see that you've not been admitted to your top school. But honestly, like rankings are just numbers. Like ultimately it's about like where you see yourself being happy. And if it is at a school that you consider a target or a safety, like you should go for it. But also like don't stress out too much. Like, you know, like we've said, like take some time to have fun, go outside, have hobbies. Ultimately you're gonna be in high school just once and like you might regret if you spent too much time like focusing on these things like obviously it's so so important but also don't let it get the better of your mental health like take it easy like take it one step at a time it'll be okay thank you so much for joining us today poto i'm sure our listeners appreciate your insight into college admissions for students from top high schools For more information, check out our blog linked in the episode description. If you have any questions or would like to request a topic for a future episode, go ahead and give us a follow and send us a message on social media with the hashtag InsideAdmissions. That's all for now. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.